Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, I'm Kendra. And I'm Ann, And you're listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And you can also um, send us prayer requests and show suggestions to Hannah's Heart at AFA.net. Well, today we have some extra special guests in the studio with yes. us. Our lovely spouses, Eric. Hello. Back. How are y'all? Good to be here. <laughs> and Will. How's it going? Thanks for having us. <laughs> we have had these fellows on before. You can go back and listen to our full story, the Eric and Kendra story and the Ann and Will story. That's right. We'll drop those links um, in the description if you're looking at our podcast page on AFR or on Facebook. Um, but today we wanted to talk specifically about how, through the topic of infertility, how couples can support each other. Um, now... Some of you listening might be in the thick of it right now. Mm -hmm. Nothing like infertility or miscarriage to put a strain on mm -hmm. a relationship. Yeah. Um, and we've had some of you write in. Um, sadly, I've heard some couples that have gotten divorced yeah. over this topic. Mm -hmm. um, and man, the, the, the enemy will use anything he can to try to pit um, a, a couple against each other. So today that's the, the topic we want to jump in on, how to sure. keep Christ in the center. That's right. So um, our first little bullet point on our outline is what it means to hold your wife emotionally, spiritually, and physically. That came up one day when Will, we were just talking, I guess, whenever you yeah. um, started mentioning how you shared a video on Facebook. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, leading during, up to Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, and National Infertility Awareness oh, Week, yeah, that's all that. Yeah. You shared that and talking about holding your wife that way, you know, and all the three different ways. Um, and so anyway, what what do you mean whenever you said you wanted to talk about that? Well, so uh, I think about, uh, I think I'm right with the story in the Bible of Jacob and wrestling with uh, oh, the angel. The angel, yes. right. Yeah. And so, um, so I know it's a little bit different, um, but Jacob did that. And he held on because he, he wasn't going to give up and he wasn't going to quit. And I think that that's important. Uh, I know for me, just that's just something I would think about. And I guess that God laid on my heart as a good reminder for me that helped me um, as I was walking through as an individual, but also trying to lead Ann, uh, lead us. Um, and I, I think it's something, you know, be it uh, infertility, miscarriage journey or anything in life. Um, uh, you know, that, I guess that's something that, that God reminds me to not give up. So when I think about holding on to my wife and holding on to Ann during that time, uh, because also reason that we can't give up is because we are going to mess up. 
because the devil is real and the devil is evil and he wants to attack all the time. And um, I'm thankful that as we were walking through the journey, um, that it did strengthen our marriage, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that it wasn't hard. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that we didn't argue just because it strengthened our marriage doesn't mean that it was all sunshine and rainbows as far as, oh, me and Ann are always good because uh, we weren't. There were times, I guess probably more for us, the, just the emotional part because there were times that I just did not understand where Ann was coming from. Not that she was doing anything wrong, but I just, I guess I would just feel defeated, you know, and and so that was frustrating. So I think maybe that would that would come off sometimes. Well, and I um, wouldn't realize that your worry would be about me, you know, like, yeah. honestly, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to word this the right way, but like, I'm like, why are you not more concerned with having a baby? Like, I, that that was my main concern, you know, and you're just wanting me to be okay. Yeah. And so it was like, uh, we just weren't handling that in the same way or even really, sometimes you're just not able to put words to what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. We've talked about it before on the last episode, I think, that y'all were here for. We talked about, like, all these new languages that you're hearing almost, yes. these big words, and it's so awkward, and, like, why do we, we're doing this test now? How do you do that test, you know? And so you're also going through weird things with that and then putting in a family dynamic there, too, like telling your parents what's going on, how to, you know, your friends are having another baby and you're still not having the one. I don't know. Just all different yeah. kinds of things can put that strain on marriage. And then your marriage is still going through regular things that marriages yeah. go through, yeah. you know. And it's difficult sometimes to really look at your emotional status and be able to articulate what's going on. Mm-hmm. If you could do, like, if if, yeah. if you can always, like, look into yourself and go, okay, here's exactly what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling it and explain that to your spouse— I think a lot of things would be cool, but a lot of times it's just hard. It's like, why, why are you crying or why are you so, uh, why are you, you angry right, right now? now? Yeah, why are you acting crazy? I don't know. Okay, I just you don't even know yourself. You know, and it's yeah. Yeah. so that's one thing too. But it, I think one thing with me and Kendra are we tried to do is we tried to have those conversations where it's like, hey, I, like I know Kendra, she made it clear to me early on in our marriage, like you have to. Ever so often, the way I look at it is ever so often I have to emotionally interrogate Kendra. I have to hold her it's under a conversation, but this is what, what this works is the for way. Him. This is this is the way I view it. Every, I like every couple months or so, I have to put her That's under funny. a light and be like, "Hey, what's going on right now? Tell me what's happening." And like, I have to dig down, and it's like she doesn't even know. Like, I treat her as though she has information that she doesn't even know, and I have to interrogate her and pull it out of her and at the end of it she feels great and i feel like you know i've done i've done a good job like I that's like, what she needs i like, she needs I like that. when a guy pursues your heart and emotion <laughs> and true. really digs yeah. you know to what you're feeling and it, she's just trained you well that's all <laughs> well, uh, with infertility it was, hard. It, it, was hard. it was tough for me at the very beginning because um i i didn't want and every every relationship is different um with what the the issue or the the right. physical cause is for infertility and um, for for us it happened to be a, a male factor was our you know our diagnosis and I in no way wanted Eric to feel um, 
pressure or, you know, I wanted to constantly affirm, like, I'd marry you again in a heartbeat, you know, and so tried to be very conscientious about some of those things. But initially, in the beginning, I thought, if I express, like, grief when something doesn't work, like, I hope he doesn't, you know, start to take that burden or feel like it's his fault, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to deal with this all on my own, right? And I didn't do it very well. <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> it didn't last very long. <laughs> Came in on her crying. She wouldn't suggest yeah. I feel like that. something's wrong. Uh, <laughs> what's going there on would here? just be these moments where I felt like I would emotionally just like, blah, blah, like just unload on him and be like, I'm worried this isn't going to work. And I would, I would save it up. And I would just encourage couples like. Not do that. Yeah, as much communication as possible. Yeah. Even if it's something that you think might be difficult for your spouse to hear you're a team Mm -hmm. and like you have to you have to lean on each other um there's that desire to protect each other from things but um but you really can't you're one in this you just got to be raw and honest from the beginning and something i think guys have really caught on to like over the past 10 years or so because i just remember like as as i was closing in on like those marriage years i started like just kind of pricking my ears up and listening to what guys were talking about and, like, one of the biggest things that I heard a lot of guys say is, hey, look, when she starts freaking out, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean she wants you to fix it. Right. Yes. It just <laughs> means she wants you to listen uh-huh. to her yeah. and talk to her and have a conversation with her. And I'll be darned if they weren't, like, they hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> good advice. Yeah, it was good I feel advice. Like we, we started dating when I was 15. It took me a while to figure that out. <laughs> I, I, Come on, I, Will. I, I, <laughs> He's got it now. He's got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But that is, well, I mean, that right there to me is another thing when I think when I think about the idea of holding on to your wife is that yeah. of, you know, maybe it's not physically, but sometimes it is of mm-hmm. hold on to her and just listening to her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know. And Sitting just, on the couch, crying together with your arm around her and like you're, it, I feel like it let, Kendra, I feel like it let you mm-hmm. know I'm in this with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not going anywhere mm-hmm. and yeah. we're going to hurt together. Mm-hmm. And it. I think it's a beautiful thing that men and women do grieve and process infertility differently because um, we've had people tell us before that they've they've struggled with bitterness towards their their husband because it's like you don't want this or it feels like you don't want and, and it's not that the husband doesn't want it it's right. just that the desire is expressed differently mm-hmm. for a woman and feel stronger and maybe they do want it more and I know some women feel like well I'm the one doing everything I'm making the appointments I'm doing I'm the proactive one in this and that that tends to be the case. I'm probably true mm-hmm. of you. Like yeah. it, because we do want it more, we're we're the one getting right. on Google and finding the doctors, right. and we're the one having to pay attention to our bodies and what we're eating and what time of month it is. So it's very very all encompassing. But can you imagine if both parties in the relationship were on ten right. for the all the dis- time, <laughs> all right. the time? Because right. for a woman, it doesn't leave your mind like no. men. I, I say it's a blessing. Men might not always agree with it, but y'all's <laughs> minds are so much more car- compartmentalized yes. than women. You know, you hear, we talked about it earlier. <laughs> like, you say men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. You know, like, this yeah. stuff never leaves our minds. Have y'all heard that analogy? Oh, yeah. So for the listeners, just to break it down, waffles have little boxes, right? Right. And guys have compartments. They have the like, I'm at work box. I'm trying to have a baby box. And they have the like nothing box where literally they're not thinking, which I can't even. my favorite box. I don't understand that box. but It's crazy. (laughs) But women are like spaghetti where like if you touch one noodle, it 
connects to everything, to else. everything else. So yeah, right. so if you're struggling with infertility at work, it's in the it's in the back of your mind while you're shopping, while you're yep. at church, like it's always there with you. Yeah, I think one day I remember. I don't even remember really what it was about infertility, of course. But I asked Will one afternoon. I was like, "So what? Did, what do you think about what we talked about earlier?" And blank look <laughs> on his face. What did we talk about earlier? And I was like, you haven't thought about it? You haven't thought about it all day? Man, I love this waffle analogy, though. I don't know how much I've heard of this. Food analogies are great. But to think, so, but this is, so I think it's a little different. Well, not different. So think about a waffle and our, each square Mm -hmm. has, is different sizes in our life, you know, Mm -hmm. for a man. Mm -hmm. And so, because I'm thinking about this as thinking about walking through difficult times, Mm -hmm. you know, but walking through it differently because we're different emotionally. Um, and, and so if for a man, the one of the biggest ones is going to be his wife because mm. he cares and loves her so much, mm. you know. And so it's a high priority box. Yeah. And so <laughs> having a baby might not be, you know, as big of a box, uh, you know, maybe as his wife's would be, you know, but the... I don't know, maybe and mm. maybe y'all can speak more to this, but um, I think I would always want Anne to know that how big mm-hmm. her box was, mm-hmm. you know, of, you know, I, because she, because she, she does desire this child You're saying so even much. though you might not express desire for a baby in the same way that she does, right. you express yes. love for her. Right. And if you care about it, then I care about it. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's not so much mm. maybe my baby box isn't as big as she thinks mm-hmm. it should be you know but uh, she can know that her I don't know yeah. well, and you sounds always... like you have a box within a box sure if that's making sense <laughs> yeah. sorry if it... and it's such a it's such a blessing that you guys do have the ability to compartmentalize because sometimes as women we just need a break from it mm-hmm. we need some like we feel like the, oh, the sky is falling the world is falling apart yeah. and we just need someone to be like you know what? We're not going to think about that right now. Because with infertility, like it can be the dumbest thing. You're like doing the laundry and something's stained, and you're like, everything's awful. <laughs> and then your husband's like, well, really, it's just that one shirt stained, and well, you're stressed about something else. This is like <laughs> one thing I bet I've said dozens of times in our marriage is Kendra. We'll cross that bridge when we get to oh, it. Oh, it makes me mad. We are a long ways <laughs> like, from that I bridge. I can see the bridge from here. That's the thing. I'm already on the bridge Man. in my mind. I know that, you are. That <laughs> answer doesn't really work for me. <laughs> Physically, that's like seven bridges away. Like, we, we've got all kinds of stuff that we got to cross. Through. Like, she's like, we don't even, like, baby girl isn't even here. And Kendra's yeah. already thinking about, like, oh, my gosh, Eric, we have got to prepare the basement for her well yeah like, she's a ba- she's not even born yet what yeah, are you talking about like why don't we have fall. to prepare the basement door right now she's not <laughs> this is a good there's thing to no danger <laughs> in this thing right now <clears throat> but um, what a beauty that god did make um men and women to co- to complement each other in right, such a right. beautiful way um all right so you were talking about how men can hold us emotionally um and we know um spiritually uh, and physically that's also important Um, let's talk about some of the specific ways that um, our fellas helped during our season of infertility support us what were some specifics it could be physically emotionally or spiritually 
Uh, well, never missed a doctor's appointment that I can remember. And wow. When you're struggling. Now, he also has a job that he gets, he goes into work very early and he gets off around lunchtime most mm-hmm. days. And so some men can't do that. You mm-hmm. can't take off all the time to do that. So I get that. But he, he never missed an appointment. And most of the time, we decided to spend a little bit more money after the appointment. We would go grab lunch somewhere <laughs> or a coffee or something like that. But um, there were so many days that we made it not just about a doctor's appointment. and or We would even just go on a walk. The little town that I went to the doctor in has a great place to go on a walk. And so we would grab a coffee and go on a walk, go on a bike ride, you know, whatever. Um, and so do things like that. And then... Yeah, even just he started writing me notes at the coffee pot. He always has the coffee. I love that. Uh, MG knows my note at the coffee pot still. He'll say, Daddy, note. (laughs) Um, But uh, there's a note at the coffee pot, and he started doing that um, during the time of struggling with infertility. And so uh, different things like that. Sometimes really big things like a random big gift every now and then, but then also like little things even just text me through the day saying like, hey, I can't wait to have a baby with you one day or, mm. you know, things things like that. Eric stepped it up in a lot of ways too. Um, physically, just like there's so much stress that's on you when you're going through a fertility treatment mm-hmm. and stress is the enemy of <laughs> conception, right? right? <laughs> so yeah. they even tell you in the paperwork, they're like, if you notice your spouse is getting really stressed out, notify the doctor so we can, <laughs> you know. Like, wait until your wife is less cray-cray. But um, but I felt like you did a lot of stuff just around the house. Like, you were on alert to try to make my life as easy yeah. as possible. Not to mention um, health-wise. Like, Eric did a ton of research on, like, healthy eating and what's, like, what kind of clean eating can we do. And he did a ton of cooking <laughs> and preparation and um, just helped me be mindful of preparing my body yeah. um, for the treatments and things that we had. And then, of course, spiritually, just like there would just be some times when he would check me in a good way. You know, be like, do you think you're trusting God right now Mm -hmm. or are you walking in fear? Right. Which was always said very lovingly, but was always what I needed to hear. (laughs) You know, that moment to be like, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then just um, for me, a big thing was the the financial aspect of feeling like we are wasting so much money and this is just going to go down the hole. And um my husband, because I desired a baby so much, I had a lot of anxiety um, that he wasn't going to be on board for spending money on things that I really wanted to try or do. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, after we had our first, um, well, we had we had one miscarriage um, after a fertility treatment that was really devastating. And I remember Eric making a comment. He was just like, I don't know if I can do this again. And I mean, it was like the day after, you know, so it was early on. Yeah. But it freaked me out because I, I didn't know what God's will was for us in that moment, but I knew what I wanted. Right. And I was like, how am I going to convince them to spend more money on this? And and I started getting in my head about like, is this going to pull us apart? And that fear of mm-hmm. how is this going to affect our relationship? And um, one one helpful tip I have for women is the like the 10 second rule. Like, do you remember when you were a kid, like if, and you'd get mad, yes. like they'd be like, hold your breath and count to 10. Right, right. Like anytime your emotions are high, the like hold your breath and and take a minute option is such a wise thing as yeah. believers for yeah. us to do. So before you respond or spout something off to your spouse, take a minute with you and God and check your own heart first. Mm-hmm. And so I, I spent a couple of days and just got to the place where it was like, you know, 
this is what I want. And maybe Eric's not on board, but we're a team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and God's God's not going to call me to do one thing and him to do right. something else. Like he's going to bring us into unity about this decision. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a very short time later. I, I waited a while to bring it up and just kind of was letting the Holy Spirit work on his heart. And I think you even might've brought it up before I did. And I was like, really? You know, and then you're like, I think, I think we should try one more time. Mm. And of course that's the, that's the try that got little little baby girl in the oven. When I said that, you know, you're saying stuff out of pain. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, you know, you just got extremely hurt and you're like, well, that'd be a stupid thing to try again. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Um, And so I think that's where I was at. Will, did you ever have any moments where, like, emotionally or spiritually you felt like you had to step in and lead Anne? Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the ones I think about is um, how how many IUIs did we have? Four. Well, we were supposed to be – we were scheduled for five, but we couldn't do that. So, yeah, I I might have been – ready uh i guess to take a break mm. before the even before the fourth one or maybe even before that just because it had already we've already were three years into yeah, something like that That's a long and so time. man at that point my <laughs> use the reference my box for my loving wife was <laughs> i was i was just feeling so bad for her you know, mm-hmm. then I'm seeing all the, you know, yeah, emotional and spiritual. And now, man, this physical toll is something. Mm-hmm. And so, man. The physical just, toll on Anne was, yeah, was concerning. Right. And so, uh, we, yeah, we'd have the third one and the fourth one. Um, mm-hmm. And and I might have mentioned taking a break. Yeah, we talked and, about it. Yeah, again, I can't re- really remember the timing, but it was really coming prevalent. And I was getting... I mean, I think it got to the point where I was like, you want to know what I think? I think we need to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think at that point she still wasn't ready, but that is how I felt. How did that make you feel to hear that? I remember I felt it in my heart. Mm-hmm. That That's because I remember. You felt that it was the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but like. But like, but just one more time, like what if mm-hmm. it actually works? Or the doctor said, if we do this, then I'll have this little surgery. And then what if the little surgery, you know. Some it was like I needed to check these boxes, and um, you know I remember as he was saying that I remember feeling heartbroken at the thought of not trying anymore, but also like yeah I agree like I I'm almost ready, but we ended up after that conversation praying about it again and then coming back together and just being like all right we agreed on one more time that I that IUI failed too. Um, and then that's when the doctor suggested to do the little surgery. And for some reason it had been in my head the whole time, like, I want to have the surgery. I want to know if there's anything else going on on the inside. And if, if after that, you know, it doesn't happen, then that's when I feel like, okay, we've tried what we were supposed to do. And then after that, for some reason, it just felt like that's what I, that, that's what I needed to do. Mm. And, um, so after that, then we, mm. We did take a break after that surgery. Cause it's so nice to have a spouse that like can read you and know like right. what you're needing and right. can have a, a different perspective on it outside of you. I did. So I did want to say real quick, I know we're getting to the end of it, but um, I was looking at it and it says that if you go a couple experiencing infertility, it says you're three times more likely to 
get a divorce and a wow. couple who experiences child loss and miscarriage, wow. it's almost 85 to 90% chance oh, you'll get a divorce. Gosh. And so mm. those statistics are staggering, you know. Mm. And so I, as we're doing finishing up this episode, um, I highly encourage you as a wife to, you married the man that you're mm-hmm. married to, trusting the Lord that that's who he had for you. Mm-hmm. So trust him as he's mm-hmm. making these decisions for you guys. And men, you know, be there for your wife. Pray for her. Pray for yourself as you're trying to guide her um, during this time. Mm. Amen. Well, I would love for us to just close out in prayer, praying for some couples listening. Um, since we don't get the fellows on every time, would each of you mind praying for couples just to st- God would strengthen sure. them in the middle of this journey? Absolutely. Uh, Lord, we just come to you today and pray, Father, that you would give uh, these couples that are listening to this, give them strength and wisdom to walk out uh, the remainder of what they're going through right now, Lord. Let them look to you and draw them closer together, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, I, I just bring bring the couples walking uh, through this, this journey, Lord. Uh, bring them before you. Um, Lord, I, I pray that you, you give the man, the husband, uh, strength. Uh, to to be there for his wife. Sometimes he might not know how to be, so just give him wisdom to do that. And uh, God, just comfort comfort the wives uh, like only you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love you. Uh, we thank you uh, for being our God. It's in your name we mm-hmm. pray. Amen. Amen. You know, even though those statistics you shared, Anne, are really staggering, here are four individuals sitting around a mm-hmm. table that God was so glorified in our story and our marriages came out stronger. Like God does not waste pain. You're listening to this. (laughs) He is going to use what you're going through to draw you closer to him and to lean more on Jesus. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, friends, for listening in. We hope you enjoyed getting to know us and our hubbies a little bit more. And um, let us know if you need anything by contacting us at Hannah's Heart.